Welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Cartavera, the leadership development ecosystem that helps you grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. Today is another coronavirus special episode, this time with our good friend, Marcy Rader. And Marcy's here to talk to us today about remote working, especially during this unique time. The title of the program today is Stay at Home, Work at Home. What you need to know to navigate this unique remote workplace environment. Marcy's not only going to bring some of her 18 plus years of experience working from home, not just working from home, but training others to help them do it and manage remote workforce, but she's also going to talk about the unique challenges that exist now in this time of the coronavirus. Marcy's going to talk about the importance of boundaries, especially around communication. She's going to talk about a different way to look at scheduling. She's also going to talk about what a great time this is to focus on building your people up through professional development and other training. And to think about all those excuses we've had in the past of not having time, and now people have more time, and what can you do to make the most productive use of it? I'm excited to hear what Marcy has to share, including her drop of a brand new word called infobesity. So stay tuned, get ready to be inspired and guided and activated by Marcy Rader as we talk about remote workforce during this coronavirus pandemic. Welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast, where we explore leadership, business, and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life. We're your hosts, Jeff Dishwitz and Craig Matthews. We believe that leaders have to put their people first. And if you don't have time to grow your people, then you're not leading. Get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business. Welcome to your bigger business and bigger life. We're excited to be here today with my good friend. I'm okay saying that, right, Marcy? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, my good friend, Marcy Rader, and we are here to talk, Craig and I, with Marcy about remote workplace. Marcy is a speaker, trainer, author, fitness guru in her own life. Coach. Coach. Oh my God, you do so many things and do so many things brilliantly. Welcome. Thank you. So Marcy, start off and just give us some of the Marcy story. What do we need to know? <laughs> oh, the Marcy story. Almost seven years ago, I founded Work Well, Play More, and it is a productivity and health coaching and consulting company. But in my previous life of Marcy 1.0, I, had, um, I went to school for exercise science and nutrition, and I have two degrees in that and multiple certifications. But I spent my, most of my adult life in the clinical research industry um, doing um, pharmaceutical medical device research and um, was a, a field monitor and then a clinical lead and a corporate trainer and traveled up to 48 weeks a year ouch. for about a decade. Yes, that was an ouch. And um, at, at, after I went up the ladder as high as I wanted to go, I decided to start my own company. And I've been doing this for almost seven years and I have fun every day. So Marcy, tell us about, I know you've written a couple books. We'll talk more about the books at the end to promote, but tell us about your books. Sure. So I've written three and I'm going to be real here. So the first one is Hack the Mobile Lifestyle. Don't buy it. 
So the, and here's why this is, and I think this is important for people to, um, to share these types of things. So my first book, so my husband's a professional musician and he's put out some, you know, different albums over his career. And I say that my first book is like recording in your parents' basement. And the <laughs> second book is like, I, I went to a real studio and my third book, I went to Nashville. Uh -huh. So, and, and that's how a lot of people's businesses are too. You know, when you mm, first start point. out, it's like you're in the basement, you know, or cause you don't know what you don't know, or you don't yes. have the money to do what you need to do. And yep. so um, my first book is called Hack the Mobile Lifestyle. And, but my second book, which is, I'm, I'm really proud of it, is Beyond Travel, A Road Warrior Survival Guide. And that is written specifically for business travelers and the people who manage business travelers because I lived that life. And then the third book that launched in November 2018 is for the masses. And I am most proud of that one. Um, it is work well, play more, productive, clutter-free, healthy living, one step at a time. Wow. And I, I, I'm really excited about that book because I wrote it to make behavior change over the course of a year. And it's divided up into the 12 months in each of those areas, productivity, clutter, and health. In each of those months, in each of those topics, there's a novice, pro, and master level. Oh, very cool. And then it meets you wherever you are because you might be novice here, but pro here. And it also allows you to, you know, go back and, you know, after you've changed that behavior and then pick up, okay, now I'm going to advance to this and now I'm going to advance to this. And um, as a, I've, I've taken the strengths finders assessment and I'm, my number one is a learner. Mm, and yep. so it makes sense for, it made sense for me to make the book this way. Uh, because, you know, what I speak and coach on is about behavior change. Yeah. And, you know, we, we want to do things or we need to do things in steps. And most books are just very generic. And they're either, you know, they're up here or they're down here and, and um, it's just generic to the masses. And I wanted to get more specific about where a person might be in that particular area. That's fantastic. That's great. And I have, I've read that one, the new one, and I know why you're proud of it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm not, I'm, I won't claim to have fully implemented yet. I was going to ask, where are, you on, you, are you on the novice side, Jeff, or where, where are you? <laughs> uh, some of them I'm a master. Some of the things okay. I'm yeah. That doesn't surprise yeah. me. Clutter, clutter, yeah. I'm a novice. Clutter, I'm a novice. Clutter, you're a novice. Well, and for me, clutter is digital, physical, and mental. Oh, well, mental, we have, I'm yeah. pretty good. That, no, you're pretty good on your mental clutter, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but I consider all of that, that clutter. But it's, I don't expect somebody to just read the book and implement everything at once. It's a book that you're going to go back to all the time. And I feel like, you know, with a lot of business books, um, and this is where a coach comes into play, mm -hmm. that we read a business book and then we, you know, it says, do this. And the, you know, at the end of the chapter, what do you do? Go to the next chapter. <laughs> <laughs> you don't do it. You don't do it. And so that's one reason why, and I'm, you know, I love, I love to read. I read, um, I keep track of all my books. I read 48 books last year. And if I didn't have a coach, then most of that stuff, I would just go to the next chapter. Yep. 
So. Wow, good point. Wow. Yeah. So Marcy, I, I'm always been intrigued and I'd love for you to share with us, your book title is the same as your company name. Yeah. Work well, play more. So tell us what does that really mean to you? The name came about naturally because in the beginning, my, well, in the beginning, my name, the business name was awful. It was something like work well, life balance solutions. And I'm sure some <laughs> business owners on here know what I'm talking about when it like you just pull a name out of a hat, you don't even know. And, and I was like, oh, that name is so boring. And, um, but I didn't know the direction that I wanted to go. And, but what I would keep saying to this friend of mine who happened to own a marketing company, I said, I just want to help people work well and play more. I just want to help people work well and play more because I felt like I played a lot because I used to compete in dirt sports and, and endurance sports and felt like I had a pretty good life. And, um, he said, Mercy, that's the name of your company, Work Well, Play More. And so for me, I feel like you, you hear like um, work hard, play hard, and, and you'll hear that term a lot. And I feel like that puts a lot of pressure on people. Mm -hmm. First of all, what does work hard mean? Does it mean work longer hours? Does it mean like, you know, work through your lunch? Um, <laughs> pump out, you know, widgets, what does that mean? But also play hard puts a lot of pressure on people because does play hard mean I go out and I mountain bike on the trails for two hours? Or does it mean I do um, a Netflix binge of Ozark this weekend and that's playing hard? Like, what does that mean? And so, you know, just play can mean whatever it means for you. Jeff, you love to travel. So I know that that could be part of your play, but it's just, you know, I want people, I want adults to break out of that, that thought process that play is something that, that they did only when they were little, hmm. um, that it has to be yeah. on a playground, you know? Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm, Cause I'll I'm have, so, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm so totally with you because to me, if we can't play at work, if we can't enjoy the work that we do, what the heck are we doing? That, that's called bad life management. Yes. Yeah. And the, one of the reasons why, you know, I trashed my first company name is because what, what does life balance mean too? Like, yeah. you know, there, it, it's always going to be like a teeter totter, right? Sometimes yeah. you're going to spend more time at work. Sometimes you're going to spend more time at home, but also if you love your job, like I love what I do. I don't love every single task that I have to sure. do, but I love what I do so much that um, I actually have to, it's more of a force myself not to work sometimes like on Saturdays yeah. and Sundays, but I do that because I know that when I take that time away, uh, I will be a better person on Monday. And as an example, this just happened. Um, so I spend three weeks in Mexico every year. I've done it five years um, in a row. And the first two weeks I work about a little bit, about half the time. Um, but then the third week is when my husband joins me uh -huh. and that's, that's complete vacation. Awesome. And by the, by the third or fourth day, cause I'm totally unplugged. I'm really itching to get back to work. <laughs> and then by Monday, by the time the vacation is over, I am excited to get back to work. And how many people, 
will say like, oh my gosh, I can't wait till, till Monday when I can go back to work. Most people don't. But right. that's why we need to need to take that time away, but also yep. find those aspects of your work that also seems like play. Yeah. Well, I love what you said, Marcy, because I've long talked about this, that the reason we get, we actually get more stressed pursuing life balance because we're pursuing the impossible. <laughs> and of course it's right. going to be stressful because balance means equal. And the reality for all of us, unless we have incredibly mm -hmm. unique jobs or companies, we're going to work more than we do everything else, especially when you take out sleep, which is hopefully yeah. a healthy amount. And so for me, I've always thought about integration and you and I have a, a similar challenge. I love what I do. It's easy for me to work all the time and say, I'm having fun. I'm enjoying it, but I do have to cut it off and I'll say, I got to close the computer. I've got to stop this because I am having fun, but it's not play. Right. I'm enjoying it, but yeah. it's not necessarily play. And that's why I love your concept of play because it makes it clear because I'm not playing generally right. when I'm yep. delivering work. I'm mm -hmm. having great, I'm fulfilled. I'm, it's, right. it's fun, but it's not play. Yeah. 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 And, and what does play mean to you? Does play mean that on Friday nights that you sit down and watch a Netflix with your family? Does it, for me, I love to exercise. So mm -hmm. I play every morning before I do anything else. Yep. Me I too. go out for a run or I go out, you know, so, um, but I have a story to tell about Jeff and, oh, and uh -oh. yeah, no, this uh -oh. is good because you live, you live the work while play more philosophy because, and I told Jeff this last year. So the first thing I ask all my coaching clients on every call is what's new and good. Mm -hmm. And it's also something that I'll ask people, like if I just see them like around, like Craig, if I see you out, I'll be like, hey, what's new and good? And most people will, first they have to think about it because like, oh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. But then they'll maybe answer with something that has to do with work or, or right. you know, Jeff, never since I have known him has answered with something work-related, not that work can't be new and good, but he always has answered me with something that he recently did that was fun. Yeah. And last year we were um, together and I, and I told him that, I said, do you know that you are the only person ever, when I have asked that person to, that every single time he has answered with something that's personal, and and has nothing to do with work and i you really live the the philosophy which is why i'm i'm so attracted to your energy and i think mm -hmm. that a lot of people are attracted to you in that way yeah Thank absolutely yeah. well i feel good because i've i've scheduled my time tomorrow to go scootering with my sisters oh, <laughs> i'm gonna go downtown raleigh and grab those motor scooters and that is fun around. i've done that with you craig a couple oh years jeff and ago. i spent two hours fun. on those things that was, know, it is that fun. was a blast that was a yes. blast you mean the that little was... like bird scooter thing yeah, yeah. uh-huh <laughs> but that was a great example of a spontaneous fun day we just saw yes. and said let's go for a ride and two hours later we right. had big grins and we had had a crispy cream yeah. sorry marcy we stopped for crispy okay. cream <laughs> Because that's what that's you do okay. on a scooter. Yeah, you don't stop right. and get a, You don't stop and get a quinoa bowl when you're on a scooter. No, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, and knowing both of you, I would have liked to have seen that. I would like that image of. Oh, we have video. 
We have video. Oh gosh, that's great. You, okay, every okay, audience, they're going to attach the video in the oh, show no notes. Uh oh, there's the challenge. So, so Marcy, you mentioned earlier that one of my fun things is travel. Yeah, and absolutely. That that spigot has turned off right now. You know, we're recording this yeah. late March 2020, and we are right in. I'm not even going to say the middle of because we don't know where the end is. You don't <laughs> yeah. know the middle yet. Yeah. We're in the midst of. Yeah, navigating the coronavirus, which, in you know, in so many ways, I mean, I knew you'd be well prepared anyway, but you were ahead of this. And so yeah. much overnight, a light switch has literally been thrown to send the world to remote mode. And, mm -hmm. you know, let's talk a little bit, because this is a lot of the work you do and the life you've created. Uh, you talked about working well remote for a long time. So mm -hmm. talk about that and talk about it in the context of where we are now. Sure. So I have worked from home since for 18 years, um, mm -hmm. mostly because I traveled so much. So of course I had the personal experience, but then as a trainer, I helped people transition to work well from home. And then it was a webinar or, or a training that I did anyway. And it was something that I helped companies transition to when they would want to implement programs. Mm -hmm. What I saw um, in the last few weeks was that the presentation that I used to do, I had to swiftly change because the challenges are different. And um, it was because if I, you know, if you work well from, if you work from home, you typically have an office. Um, you have a desk, you, um, you know, and it's oh. a setup. It's a, you have time to prepare for that. Right. Nobody had time to prepare for this. And even for me, my husband wasn't here every day. You know, oh, I didn't yeah. have kids that I now have to um, make sure that they're not surfing online. Instead, they're actually looking <laughs> at their e-learning. Um, you know, your four-year-old that, if, if both mom and dad are home or mom and mom or dad and dad, whoever it is, um, normally it's a Saturday and Sunday if they're home. But so I don't understand why you have the door shut to your office or you don't even have an office. You're working off the kitchen table or, or whatever. And so I, the old work from home doesn't apply right now to the situation that we're in. And what I, what I saw happen which was easy for me to quickly shift. But what I saw happen was everybody became an expert overnight <laughs> about working from home because they worked from home. And they didn't take it and they put out training and they put out um, like, there's so, there's so much stuff. Every company is putting out their best practices of how to work from home. And a lot of it is generic and we're getting, it's infobesity. We're getting so much information. You got to say that word again, Marcy. Infobesity. Infobesity. We're getting so much information. People are just delete, delete, delete. And, you know, I just want to say stay in your lane. But also, you know, the information that I'm seeing, because I was looking at some of it, you know, because I want to pull ideas and I don't know everything. I don't have that big of an ego that I think I know everything. But I wasn't seeing things like, okay, I was a business traveler or I worked in the field. 
now I, I don't know how I create value. I have client, I have a company wow. I work with that they have scientists that can't go into the lab. Wow. I don't even know what I can do from home now. People weren't, people are not addressing these people yeah. who, or, or my client that she is director of manufacturing and yeah. their plant is closed down right now. How does she create value? How does, how do her plant, like they're, they don't feel like they're, um, they have a, a purpose right now. So it goes a lot. I'm starting to get fired up, pumped up. <laughs> it goes so much farther than, you know, um, have a good headset, have a, you know, have a microphone, use right. Zoom. Yes, I talk about those things, but I'm also talking about creating boundaries with your colleagues, with your family. And if yeah. you are a manager, you cannot expect your employees to work nine to five, even the ones that worked from home before, because now they have to take two from 2 p.m. To, to 4 p.m. out to watch their kids, you know, and they're, they're switching ships with their, yeah. with their spouse. So, you know, it's, um, it's a tough time for me right now to see what's going on because there's so there's just so much junk that's being pushed out. It makes yeah. me it's it's upsetting. So, so Mercy, how would we I get just, uh, somebody to go to your website? Is it just workwellplaymore.com? Yeah. So work, okay, yes. perfect. Yeah. So that's a great resource for somebody who wants to actually understand how to do it right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. So the my um. My blog, my posts, my blogs, my videos, and those things, those are all on marcyrader.com. Okay. Workwell Play More is more of like the comp like the corporate company contract. Um, okay, I gotcha. Of, you know, where do you go there? But um, you so can So how get do you spell Marcy Raider? Easily. For the, for the, our, for our yeah. audience, how do you spell Marcy Raider? Yeah, M-A-R-C-E-Y-R-A-D-E-R. Yep, thank you. Gotcha. So Marcy, this question just came up with one of my coaching clients this morning. And I'd love to get your feedback. And in fact, I'll share this with her. One of the challenges they're having, everyone's working from home. Found it interesting, except my client was the only one at work today. <laughs> but everybody's working from home. And one of the struggles they're having is they keep reaching out to her saying they want more projects. And she says, that's almost annoying because they're looking for things to do. And what I suggested was I said, I think what's happening is they're realizing, maybe not yet, but at work, they don't actually have eight or nine hours of work to do all day. <laughs> They've got four or five, but they fill it up with meetings and, and random introductions or, or things get dragged out. Yeah. And now they're at home and they're actually productive. They right. knock out their work and they have nothing more to do. And the truth is they probably don't have nine hours of work yeah. at the office. Is that, yeah. Have you seen any of that yet? Oh, yes. And, but also, Jeff, you have to realize people can't go anywhere too. So most, you know, like a lot of cities are shelter in place now. So even if they're, even if they worked a full day, then what do they do? You know, like, you know, then they're like, but I still have all this time. I can only watch TV so much. I can only do so much, or please keep me in my little office so I don't have to go out and be with my family, you know, all you know, <laughs> first in the next seven hours. And so there's, there's that as well, but you are absolutely right. Many people are more productive at home and, and when you're not distracted, you can, you can GSD, you know, like, like a boss. And so 
we have that, but then there are also things that you can't do at home. So you're looking for more stuff in general. And so yeah. one of my clients, what we worked out was a professional development plan, you know, for his teams. And then for, for another group that I'm working with, you know, I said, so, and this is going to be one of my bed talk videos tomorrow, probably. Is <laughs> think about all, I am doing bed talks. All of the things that you say, oh, I wish I had time to do this, or I never have time to clean up my inbox, or oh, my files are a mess, but I, I don't want to waste my time doing that. Yeah. Think about in the last 30 days, all the things you say you wish you had time to do. Well, <laughs> sometimes you wish you had it wished. I'll tell you, it's, it's gotten exactly opposite for me. I have less time now because I have new clients coming in that want help with digital marketing. How do they get their businesses online? And so I'm like, okay, I am so glad I am digitally organized, right? I'm, yeah. I'm a master on that side. My headspace is in the right place. I, I have a little bit of clutter on my desk, you know, but I'm, I'm okay in those areas. But man, just being able to keep everything organized, knowing how to use the tools, man, it has made mm -hmm. a huge difference. Well, yeah, Marcy, and, yes, go ahead. No, Marcy, what you talked about, uh, Craig and I did, what, five webinars last week or four webinars and a video we created around the coronavirus. And on all of those, we talked about just what you said about, hey, if your people are off or they're working remotely and they're trying to fill their time, this is the time to fill them up. Absolutely. This is the time to do all those things you didn't have time before. You mm -hmm. said you didn't, including training and development. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Let's take a quick pause to hear from our sponsors. The Impact Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Cartavera. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, resources, events, and a community to help you grow. At Cartavera, we believe that you can't grow a business bigger than you, that your company is limited by your growth. We blend personal growth with leadership, team, and business growth to give you a single place to grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. The Cartavera Tribe is a membership program like nothing else you've seen. In addition to training and resources, you'll also have access to Craig and Jeff, as well as masterminds, coaching, implementation plans, game days that challenge your thinking and accelerate your growth, and a personal growth Sherpa who will be your guide on the side to help you achieve your biggest goals. You can find out more at cartavera.com. That's C-A-R-D-I-V-E-R-A.com. Or just click the link in the show notes. Welcome back. The, the other thing I want to ask you about, and this is what I shared with my client this morning, you know, my, my big, one of my big concerns here is that we're going to go digital and we may end up staying disconnected more personally. And, you know, that's to be seen what comes out of this. But what I told her or offered her was I said, how often are you interacting with your team? And she said, well, you know, here and there, and we have our weekly meeting. And I said, my suggestion is maybe even daily, get your reports, do a Zoom call so you can all see each other. And just, even if you don't have a work agenda, do what Craig and I talk about a check-in. Just see how everybody's doing. Yeah. Because it can feel very isolating when you've lost all that social connection. I said, you can recreate a lot of that and help people stay feeling connected even though they're physically disconnected. Yeah. You could have a 15 minute water cooler call. Mm -hmm. So I call that a virtual daily stand-in. <clears throat> okay. And I, I was doing this before anyway over a sauna 
and I had yeah. some of my clients doing this. So, um, but a virtual daily stand-in, if a video call every day is too much, a 10 or 15 minute video call, you could at least have a recurring task that in, in like a project management system that everybody writes like their big win for the day, um, one challenge that they're having and their top priority tomorrow. And then, you, then you, you know, and, and if it's a video call, you could quickly go through all those things, maybe do one personal statement at the end and then move on with your life. I, I like that idea. One thing I would caution people on is that not to over communicate because when you are in the office, you are expected to be interrupted. You're expected, <laughs> you're expecting people to walk by, to send you instant messages, people come up to your desk, you expect to be interrupted. So what they found is that those interruptions are not seen as disruptive as people who work from home. So if you work from home and you're getting text messages and instant messages and phone calls and things throughout the day, it feels more like micromanaging and it's yeah. even more disruptive. So one thing that I caution managers um, from doing is over communicating. And so having those boundaries in place and setting the communication expectations are really important because when you work from home, you feel more reactive and that if I don't respond immediately, oh, they're yeah. going to think I'm not working. <laughs> so people just get reactive all the time and then they right. work at all hours. And then we have leaders that are, you know, sending texts at like eight o'clock at night and saying things like, you know, now I'm going to be working at night, but I don't expect you to respond to me. Well, whatever, you're my boss. Of course I'm going to. And if you are in a hierarchical position, your people are going to feel compelled. So you schedule the text. There are apps that will let you schedule texts. Um, you know, Good you idea. delay send your email. You know, even if you say, well, that's on them, they can just not answer the text or look at the text. You can't say that if you are their boss. Yeah. No, and that's, I, I had a client a couple of years ago that they just didn't see it. It was a blind spot. It was an accounting firm. And they said, we really encourage a work-life balance. I said, well, frankly, I hear that a lot, but is it real? And they said, well, yeah, we, we, we monitor their hours during busy season. We don't want them working more than this. They work um, during busy season. They're expected to work a half day Saturday, but nothing else. And they said, and definitely not Sundays. And there was this long pause. And I said, oh, so nobody works Sundays. And they said, well, all the partners work Sundays. And I said, let me get this straight. So you tell your entire team, nobody works Sundays, but all the partners do. So basically, if you want to be a partner here, you have to work Sundays. And once you're a partner, you'll work Sundays. And they Ouch. went, <laughs> I go, well, that's be the message. You might you as well say. put a sign up. Yeah. They didn't even see it, but they didn't see it because to your point, I think you made a great point, which is probably, you know, another podcast somewhere here, Craig, about the hierarchy issues and the yeah. power differentials. And that, they, you know, I think a lot of leaders don't pay attention to them and yeah. they'll say, I gave them a choice. No, you didn't. It's not a real choice because there's a, there's a, once you got, whenever you have a power differential, there can be no fair choice. It just can't be. Yeah. 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 I do want to say, though, there's, there's a difference between some of the communication you're talking about, which is work-related, you know, task-related kind of work, 
And yes, we want to be careful not to micromanage and, and overwhelm them on that side. I will say, it, especially in times like this during the coronavirus, like my wife is a school teacher. She's constantly waiting to hear what the state and what the, what the Wake County is going to be doing about the schooling and stuff like that. So in that situation, we almost can't over communicate from the leadership as to what the organization is doing during a time of crisis or during a, a time of rapid change. And so we mm -hmm. do need to be cautious about that whole balance. Right. That's why I'm, that's why I'm saying communication expectations yeah. and boundaries because what happened over the last two weeks is it was wild wild west we we didn't have anything in place beforehand so then it just we immediately start with bad bad habits bad routines yeah. and one of the companies that i worked with last year they had um a pretend work from home policy <laughs> so they they said that they had one and that everybody could work from home once a day once a week but none of the leader, like hardly any of the leaders did it. So then people didn't feel like they could. And so that's why I called it a pretend work from home. But then also what, you know, because there wasn't anything in place, like when somebody works from home, these are the boundaries, these are the guidelines and so on. Um, they were not prepared for this. Now, could, could we have expected that there would be a coronavirus? No, but you also can't expect a tornado like Nashville had. Sure. a few weeks ago and there are companies completely flattened now everybody's working from home yep the, um and this company i was working with they happen to be in boston there are snowstorms there <gasps> you know that maybe nobody could have gone to work and everybody had to work from home for a week we've had hurricanes down here Absolutely. in north carolina where were or ice storms and so it's our team name carolina hurricanes name. that's right exactly <laughs> so you know having if 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 companies or teams would have thought in a broader terms of you know which i think if there's anything good there's there's going to be some good that comes out of this it, yeah. it might be hard to feel or see now but one of the good things is that people or companies that um, did not have these policies in place before will now um but that also companies that thought or industries that are were behind the times and thought there's no way we'll move to work from home. We'll see that. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So Marcy, there's, you pointed out and Craig and I talked about this last week on our webinars, you know, these are truly unprecedented times. Yeah. There's none of us have navigated anything even close to this. You know, certain people in microcosms did, you know, Certainly business leaders in New York City after 9-11 dealt yeah. with a lot of different issues than yeah. you or I did not being in New York City, but having this on a national level, you know, virtual, virtual shutdown of the economy. Uh, so it's new territory, which means to me, it takes new thinking. Yeah. So what kind of things do, would you say to leaders and the workers now, they need to be thinking about the key things when it comes to working remotely? The main thing is that, kind of going back to my comment about Wild Wild West, that not having any kind of standard operating procedure in place because the work from home is different. It is. You, you can't expect the work to be the same as in the office and making sure that there are boundaries in place 
for time and communication because I, I just see too much that it's, it's a lot of lip service. A lot of the people writing those policies, if there are policies, don't work from home <laughs> or manage or manage from home. And right. so that now they're realizing, well, that really doesn't make sense in the same way that, um, so my first book, The Hack the Mobile Lifestyle, that was written just for travelers. But the second book was written for travelers and travel managers. Mm -hmm. And when I speak to travel managers, you know, um, it's, it's in a very different way, but a lot of those travel managers, they don't travel. And so some of the policies in place don't make any sense and they actually hurt the traveler. Uh, and I'll give you an example. I worked for two companies that we got either $50 a day or $75 a day in a meal reimbursement. We had to show receipts or whatever. I had to go, one company, I was not allowed to get food from a grocery store. The other company, I had to go up two levels to get approval to get something over the $75 if I got it from a grocery store. Now I could go to a grocery store and get $75 worth of food that would last me for three days and not have to, but they would rather me spend, you know, um, $225 going out to restaurants, waste my time, you know, ordering, standing in line, getting served, all those things. The policies made no sense yeah. for me to just want to go to a grocery one time, not waste time, eat healthier, all those things. But the people making the policies, aren't even traveling, they don't understand it. So the people, and I just spoke with somebody two days ago about this, they wrote the work from home policy and had never worked from home. <laughs> never worked from home. Uh, wow. So what are you, what, if you're looking back and you're saying, okay, we are now in a different time. A lot of yeah. the leaders, the, the people who are listening here right now are leaders who are trying to make sense of what's going on. And maybe they haven't worked from home before, maybe they have, but what would you say, what are the key tips that you would say that they need to be thinking about for that work at home? One is you, you, you're setting boundaries. Two is you're looking at what are the communication expectations? Mm -hmm. What else? Think about their health. Okay. I have not seen health addressed as much as get a good webcam. You know, like, <laughs> you know I'll see like a whole list of, here's what you need to work from home and it'll be 10 things and they, and nobody will mention, not nobody, a few people um, will say things like take a screen free lunch. You know, don't work through your lunch. Um, let's provide you a standing desk or a sit to stand desk. You know, let's make sure wherever you are is ergonomic. Um, you know, thinking about from a health perspective, when people who work in an office, people who work in an office, if you look at like Fitbit or step trackers, will blow away people that work from home because yeah. they, you know, that walking to the car, car to the parking lot, parking lot to the, you know, walking across the building to go to the bathroom, walking downstairs to go to the company kitchen. Right now, my bathroom is 10 steps from me. My kitchen is probably 30 steps from me. I don't have to leave my house all day long. And in the winter, sometimes right. I don't, you know, so, you know, people don't think about the health aspect. Like how can we make sure that we're keeping our employees healthy? 
but then also how can we make sure that you know the wellness programs that we are putting in place in the office that we now shift those or make those relevant to the people who also work from home so i would say one of the things that you're looking at is just make sure that you're standing every every hour you go take a walk i mean it's a beautiful day out here in raleigh north carolina just get out and take a walk. It's a reset for your mind. It gets your oxygen up. So you're going to be more mm -hmm. attentive, more creative and, and able to do things. But it also replaces since we don't have access to gyms outside now, mm -hmm. we have to do something if we're going to continue to stay in shape. But, but it, and that's important. It's important to emphasize that because again, it's that reactivity. When people work from home, they feel like if I step outside, for 30 minutes and somebody instant messages me and I don't respond back, they're going to think I'm not working. Yeah. Hmm. And we need to, we need to encourage that. I will tell you, I've given seven work while remote webinars in the last two weeks. And one of them was for almost a thousand people. And wow. when I ask at the end, what one thing that they'll commit to doing in the next 30 days, the number one for all of those has been a screen-free lunch. <laughs> it never occurred to most of them. Like I really, I really do need to step away from my laptop. And there, there are reasons why you want to do that. But that was the number one thing that wow. everybody said, I'm going to do, I'm going to take a screen-free lunch. And I would say that that's something for even people who were working in the office. Oh gosh. Yes. But you're more likely to do it in the office because you'll go out for lunch or you'll at least go get your lunch. Yeah, yeah. You'll take a break or you'll sit and talk to somebody, but at home, there's nobody to talk to There's So people will just, you know, just keep working. Right. Well, I think point. a lot of that is really, it's been subtly ingrained because when you were talking about that, I remember when my oldest son got his first job, his first post-college job, and he was burning it. He was burning out. And frankly, he wasn't working for a good company, all those bad managers, all those things. But yeah. he, he, he was working. I said, you need to take a break during the day. Make sure you take a break for lunch, at least get outside. And he said, well, there's always a lot to do. And I said, well, but you need a break. And his comment to me was, well, isn't it a good thing to work through lunch? Because in his mind, that meant he was a hard worker. And I said, well, you know, here's the thing. It's a, it's a tough question, and this is how life will be, Eric. Yes, it's important to be able to be counted on so that you're that person who's go-to, but that doesn't always mean giving yourself away and not ever taking a lunch. So you've got to be able to find the place of both because we all burn out. But it, it got culturally ingrained, and he hadn't even worked yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you said work hard because that's like, oh, hard, time. You know, get it done, get it done. But they're the two things that have been shown to give you to give you the best productivity boost in the afternoon when most of us have slumps in our energy mm -hmm. is getting outside in nature yep and screen free lunch ah awesome ideas yeah wow so one thing i want i want to ask you about marcy i've heard you talk on this before it was a great piece when i heard you deliver this at built a couple of years ago talk about that time in the day productivity piece, because that was so simple, but I really remember the, the impact that had on me of talking about how we don't use our most productive time during the day. Oh, sure. So there's a great test online. I can't, um, 
the name of the university that does it escapes me right now, right now, but it's the morningness, eveningness questionnaire. And you can type in some dip, like what time you go to bed and what time you wake up and what you feel your most productive time is and so on. And it will give you, give you like your ideal times for productivity and ideal times to go to bed and so on. What um, the, most of the population, not all of them, but most population is more productive in the morning. But um, morning means different things to different people. And when you work from home or you work flexible hours, then um, being able to, as much as you can, work your schedule to where you're doing the hard tasks, the deep focus tasks at the time that you're most productive yeah. can, you know, increase your productivity tenfold. Now, my husband is a professional musician. He gets home very late. Some, well, he used to, because <laughs> in the coronavirus age, he's getting home at reasonable time, eight o'clock. But um, a, lot of a lot of nights, he would get home after I was in bed for hours. You know, he'd get home at 11, 12, one, one in the morning, sometimes later. Now, he would say his most productive time is in the morning, but his morning starts at like nine <laughs> or 10. But yeah. my, I'm definitely a morning person too, but I love to get up early and I love yeah. to go to bed early. Um, and so my most, like, you know, I get up naturally between 4.45 and 6 a.m. I work out and I'm usually working by like 7.30 and I'm really productive. By, by like five o'clock, I'm just toast. I am <laughs> so toast. And so I know that I need to do the hard things first. Yeah. But in our meeting heavy culture, with all the companies that it's just meetings, meetings, meetings all day long, they will start their day just packed with meetings and they will suck away people's most productive time. And then in the afternoons, people are so tapped out, all they're doing is picking low hanging fruit. And yeah. so if we could and I know it's very hard when you're dealing like globally and with time zones because one person's morning is another person's afternoon. But if we think about, you know, even when we schedule meetings, so if you are um, brainstorming, then it's actually better to have a meeting in the afternoon when your brains are a little bit tired. Because when your really? brains are a little bit tired, little bit tired, then you're more open to ideas. Hmm. Okay. But when you're overtired, then you're going to resort to status quo or fear-based yes. decisions right. because you're just like, I'm tired. But um, so if you, if you can time your meetings properly, that's better. But I, I commend every company that does things like meeting free Mondays or meeting free Fridays or no meetings afternoon or, you know, or no meetings before 10 to just give everybody some space to just, you know. Space is good. Yeah. So I want to clarify one thing you said, Marcy, and then we'll, uh, you know, we'll move towards the close here. Um, you talked about when people are a little tired, they're more open. So what I heard in that is, is that mean that some of their, it, I didn't hear you say they're more creative, but they're less likely, they're more open to other ideas. Is that what I hear you saying? When they're yeah, a little it, tired? actually it, Actually, it, it, um, it opens up the creativity. 
if they're a little more tired. Yeah, because uh -huh. you're you're more likely to stick to your views when you're at you know high alert or when you're tired. Oh wow, that's excellent. Wow, well, that's I remember awesome. uh, back in college when I'm writing one of my most creative writing pieces was like two in the morning because I had no filters and it was just you know stream of consciousness <laughs> crazy stuff. But yeah, anyway. yeah. Well, and writing is one thing that I can do later in the day. Yeah. And yeah. and um and that might be because my brain's a little tired. Because <laughs> yeah. you, you, you get up at four forty-five in the morning. Yeah. That is Sometimes, not me, but that's okay. Not every we all time. Find our own pace. Well, we and I will say pace. something that I don't um, that I I don't like that's been popular in the last year or so is. Um, there's a lot of people in my space or a lot of leaders that I'll see push things out that almost make it seem as if you're, um, you can't be productive unless you wake up at five in the morning or only the, only the, the work smart people or the leaders, you know, the real leaders get up at five, five thirty. I don't believe that. I just, I think you, you know, you get up when you get up and what, what's yeah. good for you, for me, that's just my natural, but right. you know, I, but it also hurts me on the weekends. If I do go out and see my husband do a show and I don't get home till one in the morning, my natural body clock wakes me up at like six and then I'm tired all day long. So, you know, no, I it have doesn't a help me when I'm at a bar watching my husband or I'm at a, I'm at a show and I'm like struggling to keep my eyes open. I had a friend that went through just what you said a couple of years ago because she was always up at four 30 and she went through a coaching program or read a book or something that said the key to, you know, increasing your effectiveness and what your output is, is get up an hour and a half early and oh. dive in. So she started getting up at three. No. Oh, and gosh. I said, you're already getting up at 430. <laughs> and it lasted for 30 days. For 30 days, she was a machine and she would go to bed at seven. Oh. No. She used to go to bed at 830. She started going to bed at seven and she would get up at three. And she was really productive for that hour and a half in the morning but she burned out after a month. And frankly, yeah. it also had an impact on her relationship. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And I, and I will tell people too that always think about your consequences <laughs> or even your positive behaviors because yeah. you may think, I'm going to get up at five and I'm going to start going to the gym. Well, if that extra hour to you means that you're pumping back lattes all day mm, or yeah. that you miss, that you miss, I mean, my husband, the earliest he gets home during the week is eight, the earliest. But most of the time it's like 8.30 or nine. If I didn't stay up till 9.30, I wouldn't get to talk to him. Yeah. yeah. You know, so there's always, there can always be, there can be consequences of what you seem to think are positive behaviors. Yeah, good point. Well, there's always an impact. That's one of the things we talk about. And perfect uh, segue to the impact for the Impact Leadership Podcast. It is about impact, and every choice has an impact. So we always wrap up our sessions, as you know, Marcy, with a couple of questions. And I want to check in with you on these. And one of the questions I want to ask you is, so it's kind of a fun question. Someone who's living that you'd really like to meet, and if you had that opportunity or when you have that opportunity, what's the question you're going to ask them? <laughs> this one was easy when I saw this question. And they're gonna, there might be some listeners that just turn me off right now. But I would, that question would be to our current president 
And all I would ask is, um, were we worth it? Hmm. Were we worth it? Wow, that's got me spinning already. So that, yeah. that's, I, I love that. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Marcy. Thank you for that. Uh, and the second question is, uh, we all read, you read 48 books last year. So even more challenging for you. I only did about 35. So, but what's one book that comes to mind if you said, here's for a leader out there, whatever their role, but when it comes to leadership, what's the book they need to read? Yeah, this one was actually easy for me. Um, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. And um, I read the book, although I'm sure if, if Jocko Willink read the audio, then that might be, it might be worth me buying because his voice is so intense. But that book, because the way it's set up is, because they're military and every business scenario they relate to a military scenario and i found it absolutely fascinating i recommended that to so many people last year and it's it was in my top 10 list um, of, of all the books that i read last year i did read it as well i read it i think in yeah. 2018 yeah they're both former seals um, mm -hmm. and what i found interesting about it because some of my clients read it is how Simple it is, but how much people misunderstand it. Because, <laughs> I mean, extreme ownership is extreme ownership. It means you literally take responsibility for everything. And your question is always, what could I have done differently? Yeah. And I had leaders who read it who said, well, I've owned my part. I'm waiting for my team member to own their part. Oh, <laughs> no. I, I yeah. You got to go back and read the book. Yes. It's not 100% of your part. It's 100%. So I think yeah. it's simple and it is impactful and it is very different than what we're used to. Thank you, Marcy. So as I said earlier at the beginning, we always ask our guests to let us know, is there anything you want to particularly promote or highlight that's going on for you right now? Yeah, well, I'm still promoting my book that I've said I went to Nashville on the, <laughs> the last book, The Work Well, Play More. Um, I'm really excited about that book. And the um, work while remote series, but all of my talks are on task boundaries and, and um, time boundaries and intention and focus. Um, all of those can be done virtually since we don't know how long this will happen. But, um, you know, I, I just, I want to help companies and individuals work well and play more. And that's, that's what I'm about. So tell right. us again, we had it earlier, but tell us again where people can find you. Yeah, workwellplaymore.com and marcyrader.com and that's spelled m-a-r-c-e-y r-a-d-e-r Ray, thank you for being here marcy yeah. always a pleasure to see you even if just virtually <laughs> <laughs>If you like this podcast, you'll love the Cartavera Tribe. The Cartavera Tribe is a community of growth committed leaders who want to connect, engage, and grow themselves, their people, and their businesses. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, assessments, and events to challenge you and help you grow. And the Cartavera Tribe is a membership like none other. 
You'll get live access to Craig and Jeff where you can ask questions, as well as masterminds where you can get answers from other leaders who've already solved your greatest challenges. You'll have access to additional interviews and a variety of courses, tools, and resources to help you achieve your biggest goals. We have monthly game days where we have challenges and competitive games to help you grow your leadership capabilities. And you'll get a personal growth Sherpa who will guide you to help you reach your growth goals. To find out more, go to cartavera.com. That's C-A-R-D-I-V-E-R-A.com. See you on the inside. Welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change Podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.